from ABC7 New York, this is Eyewitness News Extra Time. Hi, good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Eyewitness News Extra Time. I'm Bill Ritter. Talk about a bold robbery. At lunchtime today, three people held up a Gucci store in the meatpacking district of Manhattan. It's just a few blocks west of Chelsea. They had guns. And before they left, they robbed the high-end store, and then they just drove away. Talk about chutzpah. The good news is that nobody inside was hurt. Here's N.J. Burkett. No shots fired, nobody hurt, but you're absolutely right. It doesn't get more brazen than this. The thieves took off down 14th Street, headed westbound in a black Toyota. Two men and a woman, at least one of them, with a gun. It happened in the middle of the day in one of the city's busiest, trendiest neighborhoods. Ninth Avenue was teeming with tourists. Detectives questioned store employees behind the glass doors at Gucci, where armed thieves forced everyone to the floor before making off with armfuls of handbags and luggage worth thousands of dollars. I think it's atrocious in the middle of the day, in the middle of Manhattan. Joe Salama brought his wife and daughters to the meatpacking district today and couldn't believe it. I mean, like, what if my family was in there? My, my, my daughters are here. We could have been in that store. It's crazy. No one was injured, and the thieves escaped in a black Toyota before people on the street realized what had happened. The store at the corner of 14th Street and 9th Avenue had been open for barely an hour before the thieves burst in through the door. Rosemary Welburn and her daughters are tourists from Brisbane, Australia. It's very daring in the middle of the day for somebody to rob a very high-end um, store at gunpoint and put all the the poor people there at risk. Terrible. Joe Salama says he and his family skipped the subway to avoid crime underground. We came in to spend the day. You know, the kids are off from school today. It's a nice family day, and that's like the last thing I would expect. We decided to drive and not take the subway because we felt like it wasn't maybe so safe. So I feel like things have deteriorated a little bit. Police have not yet released any surveillance images, but crime in this area is down by a lot. Overall crime down 30%, robberies down nearly 40% over this time last year. But is it unnerving? Absolutely. Lower Manhattan and Jay Burke at Channel 7, Eyewitness News. Unnerving to be sure. Uh, now to the latest on the death of Russia opposition leader Alexei Navalny. His widow today, in addition to President Biden, accusing Russia President Putin of being involved in his death. Yulia Navalanya now vows to carry on her husband's work. This as Russia officials refuse to release his body, at least for about 14 days. We have seen vigils in our area and all across the globe for Navalny. This is a look right now at a vigil tonight in Rome. Demonstrators bringing flowers and candles and applauding his memory. Here's ABC's Aiki Jachi. Alexei Navalny's elderly mother, seen dressed in all black, turned away from the morgue where the body of the longtime Russian opposition leader and critic of the Kremlin is believed to be held. Navalny's family saying they've been told by Russian officials they will not be able to see the body for two weeks until the chemical examination is complete. Navalny's wife, Yulia, releasing a new video message saying, the main thing we can do for Alexei and for ourselves is continue to fight. I will continue the work of Alexei Navalny. Protests erupting all across Europe and even in Russia, protesters risking arrest. Police there detaining more than 400 people in at least 32 cities, according to an independent human rights organization tracking arrests in Russia. 
In the U.S., Navalny's death reigniting calls for a deadlocked Congress to finally renew aid for Ukraine's war with Russia. They're making a big mistake not responding. Look, the way they're walking away from the threat of Russia, the way they're walking away from NATO, I've never seen anything like this. But in a change of tone, President Biden today signaling he's willing to negotiate Ukraine aid with House Speaker Mike Johnson. Former President Trump today releasing his first statement on Navalny's death, comparing it to his own political persecution. His remaining GOP primary challenger, Nikki Haley, calling him out on the campaign trail. Trump sided with a dictator who kills his political opponents. I don't know why he keeps getting weak in the knees when it comes to Russia. Now, President Biden says he's also considering additional sanctions against Russia. Bill? An interesting report. And the world, of course, is upset about all this. President Biden has already talked about this. Mr. Trump spoke very, when he, I want to expand a little bit on what you reported, what Mr. Trump said, because he didn't really talk about what's happening in Russia a little bit. He talked more about himself than anything else. And that's exactly right. And it's we usually we saw the usual bombastic, uh, combative nature come out coming out of uh, former President Trump's speech. And he actually likened uh, essentially what he's going through to what Navalny's going through essentially. And what we're seeing right now is a post on on Truth Social with the headline that said Navalny Putin. Biden, Trump, essentially, like I said, likening the two to each other. Uh, we also saw that he uh, essentially suggested that he was a target of a similar persecution in what he's calling a failing nation. Nevertheless, he made his usual unfounded baseless claims of rigged elections and even attacked the ruling in that New York City civil fraud case bill. Okay, Ike Joshi, thank you for your time and uh, your good reporting, Ike. Thank you very much. Now to the latest on the race for the White House. We're less than a week away from the pivotal South Carolina Republican primary. Nikki Haley looking to make a dent in former President Trump's lead in her home state. But the former president has secured key endorsements, including from Senator Tim Scott, who Haley appointed when she was governor. The most recent polls show Trump has a sizable lead over Haley. The part I worry about is the RNC is now going to be the piggy bank for Trump's legal fees. We need a new generational leader that's not distracted by court cases, that's not filled with vengeance towards our enemies, that's not in the drama. South Carolina's Republican presidential primary is on Saturday. All right, we're going to make a big turn and look to the forecast and Jeff Smith. Uh, a little chilly today, but it was nice looking. I'm not. No one's complaining after the snow we had. I got to say, my job is a lot easier during yes. the next few days. Quiet patterns setting up here. We have crystal clear skies out there. It was crisp. It was bright out there today. We had numbers topping off around 41 degrees. The breeze came down from what we had over the weekend, so it did feel a whole lot better. Now down to about 37 in the city, 33 Poughkeepsie, about the freezing mark at Sussex. You're just above freezing on the island at Islip. So chilly tonight and tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow will be a degree. Or too colder than today, but with a rather light wind, it's nothing that we can't handle. Seasonable out there by Wednesday. We're talking about lower to middle 40s by then. Even milder late in the week. Could even touch 50 on a few thermometers uh, by Thursday into Friday. But by then, clouds will be increasing. There could be a shower or two by late Thursday and a steadier batch of rain showing up for Thursday night and into the day on Friday. Friday looking like by far our wettest day of the week before a quick cool shot over the weekend with a gusty wind, maybe a 
flurry or two on Saturday. But notice the word quick. I think we rebound temperatures very quickly uh, as we head into early next week, back up to about 50 or so by Monday. So temperatures tonight in the meantime, again, chilly out there. We're down to 26 in Midtown. A lot of teens, even close to the 10 degree mark as you head out well north and west of New York City into the northwestern hills of New Jersey, going for 10 for a low by early tomorrow morning in a place like Sussex, 25 in Belmar, lower 20s on the island, upper teens into southwestern parts of Connecticut. And tomorrow, we really are going to struggle to hit the 40 degree mark. We'll have more of a northeasterly wind seeping in some of that colder air from New England. So tomorrow, a couple degrees cooler than today, uh, getting up to about 39 or so, more like middle 30s, well off to the north and west. Again, those rainfall chances inching up, especially by Thursday into Friday. Could be a shower or two by late Thursday, that steadier batch of rain Thursday night into Friday. Again, we'll take you right through next weekend and beyond in your AccuWeather seven-day forecast coming up. Bill, we'll send it back over to you. It's like something out of Toy Story. Beyond and beyond. And beyond. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, right. Jeffrey. As we continue with Eyewitness News, extra time. A girl's dream to offer children a library at Newark Airport? What? Yes, it's now become a reality. We're going to introduce you to the girl behind the idea and how perseverance paid off. And have you seen that viral video of the six to one grocery method? The chef behind it joins us live to discuss the money saving method. That's still ahead. Welcome, welcome back to Eyewitness News Extra Time. Employers are now looking for new ways to try to find the right person for their job. And sometimes it means giving back potential candidate homework. It's a growing trend. Experts at Glassdoor say more and more companies are actually assigning homework to potential hires. Page 37 in your book, please. Thank you. The company says mentions of take-home assignments, they're up 121% compared to before the pandemic. Now, sometimes the assignments are as simple as answering supplemental questions. But other assignments require a lot more time and more effort. They're asking people to prepare maybe a presentation that they will actually present when they come on site. Uh, or you might see that for a data scientist, they might be given a data set and asked to clean it and prepare an analysis. And those kinds of homework assignments can take many hours, if not longer. Or it's hard to say your dog ate the homework, right? Experts say these work sample tests are great for employers to determine if a candidate is a good fit for the role. But often they end up putting a lot of pressure on candidates to do work that may not even get them the job. Now the story of an inspiring young girl who just wanted to share her love of reading with other children. The location in one of the biggest places and busiest places in the tri-state area. An airport, that's right, an airport. Here's New Jersey reporter Tony Yates. I am a big reader. In third grade, I used to be obsessed with this series. This is called Number the Stars by Lewis Lowry. Sia Malhotra can recommend quite a few good books found on the shelves at the new Children's Lending Library here at Terminal A. She's read plenty of them. When did the library open up? Um, I think it opened up like a month ago. Oh, all right. Creating this space was her mission. She was eight years old when she saw a children's library at an airport in Alaska. We see her start, you know, start to spend time in that area, and that's how the, the idea was born. Again, this was all Sia making these moves. She has an idea, she nurtures it. So she'll keep on pestering people that, hey, I need to get this done. And 2021, she wrote an email to Port Authority. It got up to my desk at General Manager and I said, yes, absolutely, let's make this happen. Now she needed a shelf that would comply with airport safety standards. So next, 
she emailed Home Depot in East Hanover. And she was like, of course we can do this for you. So we talked to the, um, we talked to another man who helped us build it. And he built this beautiful image and um, we painted it. Red tape takes time to slice through. This journey was three years in the making. I was a little impatient that time, but then I kind of knew that it's okay, it's gonna happen. Thank you for your persistence and not giving up. Sia has a website, letsreadtoday.com, where libraries and people who believe in her dream have donated children's books, and she could use more. Her journey is not over. I want to propose to the Port Authority for to put this library, like to get more libraries and put them in the other terminals too. Sia's love of reading she wants to share. It may start in this quiet space for the next child. At Newark Liberty Airport, Tony Yates, Channel 7, Eyewitness News. That is just awesome. Just beyond awesome. As we continue with Iowa Zoo's Extra Time, a new way to grocery shop. That's right, we're joined live by the chef behind the viral six to one method who says it can save you time and money. Next. Welcome back to Extra Time. A new strategy for grocery shopping is going kind of viral on social media. People who try the so-called six to one grocery method says it saves them both time and money and who doesn't need some of that? A lot of that. Here's how it works. Each week you buy six veggies, five fruits, four proteins, three starches, two sauces, and one fun thing for yourself. <laughs> Looks pretty good, right? Joining us now with more as the creator of the six to one grocery method, Brooklynite and chef, Will Coleman. And good evening, Will, thank you for joining us. Good evening, thank you for having me. All right, so you look healthy. What gave you the whole instant, you know, instant thought about this thing? Absolutely. As a chef and content creator that's always cooking all the time, yeah. I needed a technique to help me save money, but also keep me on track with eating my fruits and vegetables and proteins. And this is a method that just makes grocery shopping more fun, more affordable, and more time, time saving. So the six to one uh, formula, how did you come up with that? Honestly, just, just time. I'm, I'm always in the grocery store all the time, so I'm always trying to figure out ways to gamify my experience while shopping. And I figured I'm already buying lots of vegetables and fruits and yeah. proteins and starches. So why not? It's really just taking the food pyramid that we learned about when we were in school and turning it into a no, new, modern, fun way to shop. Right. And it's almost the other way that some of the things we've been, we've been learning since we were kids, right? We've been learning it the entire time, but this is a new way to improve grocery shopping because it's, it's not going anyway, anywhere. You and I both know that. Right. It's not. It, there's no question about it, uh, no matter what age you're at. So <laughs> I know you were, you were confident about all this, but were you surprised when it went viral? I was very surprised. Um, I, I've been content, doing content creation for the past six years, and you never know what's going to take off. So I'm just grateful that something is taking off that's helping people save money, eat more fruits and vegetables and less processed foods, and just be in the grocery store, grocery shopping uh, more. It's, it's true. Um, so tell me how it saves money. I, I guess that, you know, broccoli's not as expensive as you know, seafood, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're saving money because first of all, you're going to the store with a plan. You're not just going in there shopping for anything. I have big eyes and I'm shopping. So I want any and everything. And you're prioritizing things like your fruits and vegetables compared to more processed items, which are usually double in the cost of fresh foods and allows you to eat in season more as well. So you're eating in season, you're saving money automatically. Um, so you're buying things that are, your farmers are growing down the street. Um, you're going to be saving lots of money compared to things you're buying in the freezer aisle or processed items. Right. So I know that this is a big deal for you right now. You, you, before we go on, tell me where you're a chef. How long you've been doing I'm a, this? I saw, 
I do cooking all around. So I do social media. I do uh, pop-ups around the country. Um, so if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Chef Will Coleman on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, wherever. I'm always posting recipes that you can actually use when you use your 6-to-1 method. So you can okay. get inspiration all the time. Okay, we've seen a lot of fruit and vegetables. So let's talk about what are the specific fruits and veggies you would recommend most. Yes, right now it's winter time, so you want to get a lot of hearty uh, greens such as kale. Um, I love uh, collard greens, and then also it's citrus season right now, so all the lemons, the limes, uh, the oranges, and then for me, proteins. I'm always trying to get some salmon in, some uh, chicken in. Beef is always welcomed, and then when it comes to the starches, I'm always loving pasta, rice, grains, and when it's the sauces and spreads time, I always love getting some pasta sauce or hummus or pesto. It's always fun to switch things up because you're going to be in the store at least once a yep. week so why not have fun with it when you're shopping right okay so let me just offer you this i want to take want you to take a look at this picture i took i didn't know you were going to be on the show today we did it i did it last night for surprise dinner. look at it that's me i went and got broccoli cauliflower zucchini carrots and steak in there also a lot of garlic <laughs> and onions and that's what i had for dinner last night and for lunch today how did i do? look at you bill go ahead well broccoli that looks delicious is, if i had one food to eat Stuck on a desert island, it would be broccoli. Yes, and I, sh I can't stress enough, you want to get the six to one ingredients, but you also want to have a pantry that's full with ingredients you can throw into these meals to make a really abundant meal. So you have your six to one grocery list, but you also have an abundant pantry that you can make endless meals with. So I, my wife always, uh, she's off skiing right now with, with our, our, our youngest daughter because it's a holiday, but she would look at that and say, come on, one dish, that's all you can make? So I, I, don't do, I do it all at once. And I, you know. Bill, I think you did a pretty good job. But tell your wife to invite us next time. Well, there you go. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you down for, uh, take this down, write it down that, you know, Will Coleman said good job. And I'm going to use that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Will Coleman, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you very and much. thanks for urging people to be healthy. That's the main takeaway here. Appreciate it. It's All the right. way to go. Thank thanks, you, Chef Bill. Bill. All right, good luck. As we continue with Iowa News Extra Time, an update on the AccuWeather forecast. Yep, the sun's going to shine tomorrow. We know that, but it could be deceiving with cold temperatures in the forecast. Jeff Smith joins us once again. Let's talk about your money for a little bit. As rents in the five boroughs of New York City continue to skyrocket, folks have long tried to find cheaper options north of New York City. But that may not be the case anymore. Rents in the Hudson Valley have increased by as much as 45% since 2019, before the pandemic. This after an influx of people moving up north over the past few years, especially during the pandemic. Several factors forcing rents now in once affordable areas to just skyrocket. As buying a home continues to be difficult, even more people are turning to renting as an option. We know that here in the city. On top of that, they say more homes are being purchased as second homes or being listed as short-term rentals which is making the rental stock even slimmer. Several towns, including Nyack, Newburgh, and Kingston, have declared housing emergencies as vacancy rates drop below 5%. And now a story that got our attention for our Be Kind campaign. Officials in one county in New Jersey making sure women who've served in the military have something new for their wedding, free of charge. The Camden County Board of Commissioners Local veterans and first responders hosting a wedding dress giveaway. Commissioner Melinda Kane says she got involved after her son Jeremy was killed in Afghanistan. She says that as, gold star, as a Gold Star mom, she makes sure the county gives back to veterans. But Kane says the need of female veterans are often overlooked.
This is our way of just acknowledging their service and sacrifice and being able to give back to them in a small way, but I know will mean a lot to them. It's hard being in the military and especially hard being a veteran. By them offering this kind of gift to us, it means the world. You know, every little bit helps. And a mother, oh, a mother coming to the, oh, it's just so sad. She's doing something for the legacy of her daughter. The dresses, all brand new, donated to the county. Kane says the gowns are a small way to make sure the veterans have the wedding of their dreams. And once again, uh, absolutely, look, look at that. Looking at another, someone else's daughter, uh, she's remembering her own little girl. Oh. All right, we switch back to the weather. Uh, Jeff Smith. You say it's going to get a little cold at some point again. A little bit colder tonight into the day tomorrow before we gradually warm things up mid to late week. A live look outside right now. Clear skies, 37 degrees. There was not a cloud in the sky today. If you were outside, it was a great day out there. North wind, very light. That's important, too. We had those windy conditions over the weekend, making it feel pretty miserable at times. But today was definitely bearable. That wind only coming in about two miles per hour. 41 was our high after a morning low of 33. And 43 is our average. So, yes, we were a couple degrees below that. And if anything, tomorrow will be a couple degrees below what we were today. The record for today's date, 66 degrees. That probably felt pretty nice back in 1997. Sun setting these days, 535, rising at 645 in the morning. So next 12 hours looking like this in the city, dropping down to the freezing mark by 11 p.m. and dropping well down into the 20s. Even within the confines of New York City, that means a lot of the suburban areas will actually drop down into the teens, especially in those normally colder spots north and west. 39 at Newark at this hour, 35, your number at JFK, you're already down to freezing near White Plains, uh, 31 at Sussex, well below freezing at Poughkeepsie, down to about 29 there, 33 on the island at Islip, 34 at Bridgeport, Connecticut. We truly are in the quiet corner or the quiet half of the country right now because out west they're getting another what we call atmospheric river, just a fire hose of moisture coming coming into the California coast. And that's a lot of rain, mudslides along coastal areas, and then inland and up into the higher mountains. We're talking two to four feet of snow in some cases in the Sierra Nevada. But again, we're going to stay quiet. This is typically what happens. You stay quiet in the east when you get in the big storms out west and vice versa. Right now, clear skies out there, and we remain clear overnight tonight. We're down to about 26 again by early tomorrow morning in the city. A lot of teens in those normally colder spots north and west. Tomorrow, we will struggle to get out of the 30s with that wind coming in from the north and east, seeping down some of that colder air from New England. Wednesday, maybe a couple more clouds out there. Wednesday's a little bit milder, too. We do get numbers that at least begin with a four by Wednesday afternoon. On Thursday, those clouds will tend to lower and thicken. There will be an area of rain approaching western parts of Pennsylvania by early Thursday afternoon. Outside chance we get a shower or two during the daylight hours Thursday, very late in the day. There's a much better chance of that rain getting in here, though, by Thursday night into Friday. Your AccuWeather forecast for tonight going like this, clear and chilly. We're down to 26 in Midtown, lower 20s in most suburbs, teens in the colder outlying spots. A very light wind out there, and that light wind continues into tomorrow. Mostly sunny and chilly, though, that high getting up to about 39. Clear to partly cloudy, 20s in most suburbs. We're down to about 30 in Midtown for tomorrow night. Here's your AccuWeather seven-day forecast. Partly sunny, we'll call it seasonable on Wednesday, a high getting up to about 44. Upper 40s on Thursday, but with more clouds, maybe a shower or two very late in the day, rain more likely Thursday night into Friday. Friday by far the wettest day in our seven day forecast, but up near 50 and then much cooler again. Back to blustery Saturday 38 could be a flurry or two, especially north and west 43 Sunday and then a quick recovery in temperatures into the early part of next week. Bill back over to you. Okay, Jeff.
Thank you very much. That wraps up this edition of Eyewitness News Extra Time. Thank you for joining us today. How many of you are going to go out and actually buy some food? Six, six to one. A reminder, Extra Time is now a podcast, by the way. You can listen to the show as well as past shows on the go anytime you want. Search Extra Time at ABC7NY or wherever you stream your podcast. We're going to be back live on Eyewitness News at 11, Channel 7 Eyewitness News, WABC-TV. Hope to see you then. Until then, have a great evening and be safe out there.